0: okay hello welcome to episode 193 of sack king's therapy um sorry for kind of i guess posting a little bit later in the week uh there's just been scheduling conflicts and also kind of real life kind of got in the way that there's been scheduling conflicts so um just yeah so sorry for not posting uh, you know midweek just to bring you some more content but um you know again the What's called the stars did not align, the times did not align, the content didn't really align either. So I just, we just felt it was better to just come at you later in the week. And we have, we're going to switch it up a little bit this time around where you don't have a draft. Um, we don't have any draft people to go through. Instead, this week I decided to just focus more on on the kings and specifically more on a king. He's been basically a fan favorite since he's been here because of his tenaciousness, his de- his defense, his demeanor. Like, there's not really anything bad you can say about him, and that's Davion Mitchell. Now, he was a controversial pick at the time, but we we slowly, well, we quickly actually fell in love with Davion Mitchell. And, you know, let, let, let's talk about him. And, you know, he did kind of a a bit of a media tour, if you will. He was on Deuce and Moe. Um, And also he released his Trust Your Work. Well, he released the first episode a few weeks back, but like he just released episode two. So, you know, he's kind of been within like the king's circle, I feel. So that's going to be the main topic for today. It's going to be about Davion Mitchell. And of course, always with me, uh, sorry for making you wait as long as you have to introduce yourself. It is fall.
1: Hello.
0: Yes. uh, So Davion Mitchell. Uh, Full disclaimer, I was not a fan when he was picked like the king the i wanted a wing. i wanted a guy that was six five and above because you know this issue still has not really been addressed the kings need wings and the, and like i just thought the draft would be the perfect place to you know address that and when moses moody actually fell to nine i was like that's the guy it, it's either gonna be him or james book knight we need a wing we need a wing and we need a wing and then it said davion mitchell and I love Davion and up all the way up to the draft like he was you know a tenacious defender a pain in the ass you know a good creator like you know a guy that can make shots uh has the potential to be a really good passer an incredible defender but there was just one problem and th- because I watch wrestling there's always going to be an inner Vince McMahon at me because I just said he's too damn small And that has not changed. He is still very, very small, but he's been great. He is a lockdown defender and a guy that works hard as hell and has a lot of potential to grow despite his age. So we, I, like the rest of King's Twitter, has fallen in love with this kid. And yeah, I, you know what, would I do it? Would I change things looking back? Maybe not, actually. It's gotten to that point for me.
1: Yeah, maybe not. I mean, uh, like we said recently, I mean, there's just a abundance of wings that we could get during the off offseason, whether it's not it's from the draft or you know, from uh signing trades or whatnot. But yeah, from the draft until now, I mean, man, I, I didn't expect to like this guy even more. Especially after uh listening to him from on Deuce and and watching his uh trust your work documentary. Um yeah, I'm I'm liking this guy even or respect them even more and more the day uh you know the day on jeez ah, i don't even know what to say about him
0: yeah i mean again the, the character of the kid and like you know he, he well at least he doesn't say much usually actually so like there's nothing to hate him for uh, so yeah he's and you, you listen to like his profile, like what, what his coaches say about him. He kind of fits the mold of a Sacramento player in a way, He's kind of like a quiet guy who doesn't really love the big, you know, the big cities kind of just sticks to basketball as, you know, a gym rat like Sacramento. Like, let's be honest, not a glamorous city by any means. It's a small market team. And honestly, if you come here, you better focus on basketball because there isn't all that much to do out here as a lot of people have said, and you know, they're not wrong. So like, you know, you are you come here, you're coming here to play basketball. You ain't going out to nightclubs. You ain't going out to party, right? It, that's just how it is. And you know, it just seems like a great fit for, you know, if the more you look into it, if you will, you know, him on the teams.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, let's talk about let's talk about his appearance on Deuce and Moe first. Um, I I won't go through like play by play about what the entire interview is about, but I just thought like there were some very interesting things uh, during the interview. Deuce and Moe are great. Like they're they're probably the best like Sacramento podcast like in the area and like they cover the um, the like the na- <clears throat> the league nationally and also like other sports like football if you're a 49er person mm-hmm. like they're they're great and they're because of like you know them working for the kings like at, I think yeah Deuce does radio and Morgan does NBC like they have connections to players and like they you know they, they keep it really professional, but also like they're really in tune with the king's community. And yeah, they're a great listen. So if you don't listen to Duce Mo, do listen to Duce and Mo. And of course, go listen to us as well. If you're listening for some reason, listening, if you're listening to us and somehow don't know about Deuce Mo, like go check out Deuce and Mo. But Um, One of the big takeaways I have from Davion, and we'll get into a little bit more during like his uh, Trust Your Work documentary, Um, Davion works twice a day, once in the morning and once at night. And, you know, he lifts in the morning and then at night he just does a ton, a ton of shooting. And, you know, he he is, you know, again, like he is a guy that doesn't get distracted by the other stuff that, you know, a lot of young NBA players do partying, you know going to clubs and stuff no he's all about he's all about basketball and yeah it's again perfect fit for this kind of city
1: yeah i mean him working out every day i'm surprised that he doesn't even get that much rest and when he does get some rest i mean he's just thinking about more basketball too so man this guy i don't know (laughs) he he's like the pure definition of a gym rat
0: Yeah, and like when he's not, you know, working out, like he'll be, he'll be doing some like other stuff, like going out to eat and stuff like that. But in between, he's watching film all the damn time, but like he does not step away from basketball and like, you know, not, not to say I'm a gym rat by any means, but like I, I used to go to the gym a lot and try and get shots up and uh, yeah, that shit puts a strain on your body (laughs) because I, I have uh, suffered a shoulder injury um, because of it. And yeah, so like, you know, all the credit in the world to him for staying healthy and just working as hard as he, he is. It's not easy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to imagine that he doesn't work out too hard in terms of, uh, you know, lifting weights because you don't want to get, you know, any injuries. But, uh, you know, just working out and also shooting in, on the same day, It, it does, I mean, to a normal person, it doesn't feel right <laughs> from my personal experience.
0: And like James Ham had talked about it, like people behind the scenes have basically said like, they need to actually like lock him outside of the gym. I know it's a very like cheesy thing to say, oh, like this guy just works so hard, but like he, he, he legitimately works too damn hard. Like he works, he, he used to do, I think some of his shootings, his workouts during game days. And I remember like in the California classic, like it was the first game. I think he cramped up. It was one either the first or the second game. He ended up cramping up because the the morning before he was working out, and yeah, it caused cramps. And ever since then, you just keep hearing stories of like you know they, this guy just works too damn hard. And there's you know you want a guy to work too hard than the guy that doesn't work at all. So I I get it, but at the same time, like James Hammond's mentioned it, he needs to chill a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, a guy who you know loves the sport and you know wants to win because he has that you know winning mentality. I mean, it doesn't hurt too much. I feel.
0: Yeah, but at a certain point, like I think he's actually crossed that threshold where you're working too damn hard. Because, like NBA players, like NBA reporters, they see this kind of stuff, and like they just and like they everybody in the NBA works hard to a certain degree. The fact that they're actually saying like, oh, this guy works too damn hard. And it, it, there's something there, is what I'm saying, and mm. he's going to need to chill.
1: Mm-hmm. I see.
0: But again, you want a guy to be working too hard than to not be working at all. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, a, it's a good problem to have, is I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, on the on the episode on the interview, he also showed a great amount of like self awareness in terms of the defense. We love his on ball defense. He is a legit lockdown defender. Now, if only the backside defense was a little better, the team defense was a little better, it would show more. But he is definitely a lockdown defender, and his on ball defense like is is you know top notch. However, I I predicted it was going to be a problem, uh, like. I remember at the beginning of the season, like, you know, people were talking about how he's going to lock up Steph Curry. And I never thought that was going to be the case because Steph Curry walk, works off ball half the time and like on ball, like Davion should be fine. But like off ball, that's going to be a problem. And, you know, Davion showed a lot of self-awareness and just basically just, just admitted that he's not great on all ball on ball defense because it's a whole new type of defense that, you know, that's basically will only improve with experience and you know great self-awareness from him to know that he's not there yet
1: mm-hmm. yeah with his worth ethic i'm pretty sure he's gonna develop some sort of you know good off-ball defense i mean he explains during his uh interview with this mode that yeah he he cannot guard the stuff well when he does off-ball offense so i mean coming with uh experience he's definitely gonna you know improve on that and i mean he's probably gonna guard most people i want to say on the ball uh in terms of you know guys that do on ball offense i guess
0: yeah i mean like that's why i want him to start just because so like granted i don't think it's a great solution but like put put like De'Aaron on the off-ball guy, just because like at least at least you would assume De'Aaron's off-ball defense is a little better just because of the experience factor. But like Davion's strength is on ball, and him flus just you know clamping down on the guy handling the ball like that has that has an effect. And you know I, I pr- like we'll see what happens during like a- after the draft and the off-season. But like there is a universe where I think them two starting together would be a great play. Like, you know, backcourt.
1: Yeah, I could see that. We'll just uh, have to see.
0: <laughs> we'll just have to see. Well, right now we just don't know. Like, are mm. we going to use the draft pick? Are we not? Like, there's a lot of smoke screens going on. Is J Nine Ivy going to s- slide into number two and then one of Paolo and Chet might slip to us maybe, or do the Kings straight up or do the Kings trade down or just straight up trade it for a player. Like there's just so many possibilities. And, Right now, it's it's just silly to kind of try and predict. But again, I really want to see this backwards starting. I don't think they started during the season. They might have, but but I don't remember seeing it.
1: Yeah, they might have. But maybe during the season, we'll see some experimental lineups. Hopefully uh, not too much, like to the point where, you know, how we had with Luke (laughs) just switching up lineups almost every other night. But uh, I'm pretty sure we'll see some sort of... uh, I guess permanent lineup when the season comes
0: so davion also uh mentioned that he ha- he's already talked to mike brown on the phone i believe he said he called him like right after he got hired and that he's excited to learn from mike, mike brown
1: yeah that's pretty exciting it's just uh, a little too bad that you know mike brown has other duties in terms of you know winning the championship with the warriors so uh, hopefully when uh, or are the... they going to win it? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll uh? talk about it when <laughs> when we talk about the Warriors versus Celtics but uh, I guess when the finals do end uh, pretty excited to see what Mike Brown uh, comes to uh, bring on the table for this team because it'd be pretty interesting since he has that defensive mindset for us
0: Interesting uh, tidbit about Mike Brown. This is, I guess, a little bit off topic, but Sean Cunningham uh, went basically covers the Warriors right now since the King season is over, and he had a chance to talk to a few NBA people down in like down in Golden State and also just like the national media, just because you know it's the finals. Like everybody is covering the finals right now, so he got a chance to talk to a lot of people and a lot of the a lot of the NBA people, the national people, like the Mike Brown hire. Mm okay take take that for take that for what you will it's probably a good sign that you know the kings you know the kings seem to have made the right move
1: Mm -hmm. out of all the coaches that we could uh, have potentially gone or is it just uh
0: well it's just that they thought mike brown was a good hire
1: okay i mean (laughs) i mean that's good thumbs up right
0: yeah so we'll see it it might not mean anything It, it might mean something who knows but like you know the rest of the league approves take that for what you will
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um jalen brunson so um davion mentioned that the hardest people for him to guard are jalen brunson and donovan mitchell and also jordan Poole as well basically he he hates guarding guys that are quote-unquote skinny like guys that can kind of slip by you and you know donovan and donovan and jalen are not like skinny dudes per se they're they're like built like trucks like for their size but like they're very tricky in the the way they score like especially a guy like Jalen Brunson who you know loves to loves to use footwork and spins and stuff like that but yeah that's one on ball assignment one kind of on ball assignment that Davion says he doesn't love guarding is just those skinny dudes those tricky dudes and yeah basically shorter dudes in a way it's kind of which is kind of weird.
1: Yeah, but he loves the challenge. Like he said in the interview, like he loves the challenge. He likes guarding whoever he guards, and I'm pretty sure eventually he'll, <laughs> with all the film he watches, Jesus. I mean, he, he's probably gonna get some sort of information from the film to you know understand how to guard these guys. Uh, just speaking from personal
0: experience, like I'm not, I'm not a very tall dude. About five, five two on a good day. Yes, very short. I hate guarding other short dudes. You know why? Because they usually can handle the ball and are quick as shit. It is not easy. It's not easy to guard. It's actually more fun to guard a guy that's a teeny bit taller, but can't do anything. Um, but yeah, so I, I can feel Davion's pain on that. Like I have, I have, you know, just because just of the size difference, you know, in pickup basketball, you guard the dude who's your size. And guys my size usually can handle the ball really well, can shoot, and can dribble. It is a fucking nightmare to guard those little dudes, and that's a, that's what I assume. Like guys like Jalen Brunson and Donovan kind of are, and of course like a Jordan Poole who has a crazy quick first step and also can shoot. So again, Davion, I feel I feel your pain on those on those guys. Um, as you, so apparently, so apparently this was an interesting tidbit that I got. Um, so when talking about Sabonis, uh, Davion basically mentioned that he loves playing with Sabonis because. Basically, he gets the offense to move in a way. And like, there's a lot more flow and a lot less five out offense. Now we have come, we had complained the entire season that we hated the King's offense sometimes because it's five guys or it's like four guys standing around. Maybe the, maybe like one guy comes to screen for one guy who's handling the ball and the ball never moves around. And we, that is the five out offense. That is how it was designed. And it drove us crazy at points. But when Sabonis came, you now had a guy in the high post that basically essentially has the offense run through him and there's movement. It's beautiful. And it's apparently what Davion likes to play with. No, nope, No surprise there. And yeah, I just thought it was an interesting tidbit that, you know, not Davion was not a fan of the five out offense. And he had, he really liked, liked it when Sabonis came to this team.
1: Mm. I mean, come on, that first half of the season before Sabonis came was god-awful offense in many, many, many ways. The, just having one guy just create something out of all the potential guys that we could have created off of, I mean, it wasn't beautiful at all.
0: Like, if we're gonna run the 5 out offense again, we'll get to them, again, we'll get to them more into detail later, but like, I'm just looking at what the Boston's doing. Like, they're still running 5 out offense for the most part. But they have certain guys in certain positions, like, be able to make plays. And, of course, they do have better players. Like, let's not discount that. But, like, because, like, their offense was actually very similar to ours for, you know, quite some time. And they've been able to kind of break out of that. And I, I want to – I'll probably make more observations on the next Warriors and Celtics game. But, like, there is a way to make 5 out offense work. The Kings just were not able to do it, unfortunately. And getting Sabonis was such a godsend. And I, again, I, you know, another full disclosure was not a fan of the uh, Sabonis trade at first. But that first game against Timberwolves, you know, a euphoric experience. And I did a complete 180 after that.
1: Oh, yeah. Ashley re watched the highlights for that game the other day. And, always makes it brings a tear to my eye every time i see that i think that was davion's first dunk of the season
0: too that that uh, one fast break because like he tried to dunk on joe angles and almost almost died basically because like his head was about to fall he was about to hit fall head first in the floor too but like that that was the only other dunk attempt that i could think of
1: yeah i'm pretty sure it was what the wait i mean it's (laughs) it's the biggest one too that fourth quarter run was uh one of the most beautiful in this whole season.
0: And, like, the thing was, like, it, it, they still reverted back to the bad bad version of the offense during, the, during like, the end of quarters. But, like, even to start the quarter, you got a Chimese Metu dunk. And, like, literally, like, Sabonis comes in and immediately infects the team with his ball movement and just passing. Again, was not a fan of the trade at first, but, like, man, I didn't know Sabonis was this
1: good. Yeah, like you said, it unlocked our offense, like... We have never seen before and very excited for next season to see uh you know that type of offense uh you know flourish
0: yeah and again we'll see what piece the kings add and like the kings are at a in and just the most interesting position in a while in that they have things that they can trade and like let's see if they they basically have to play their cards right you have a good hand but it's gonna be very tricky to like what is going to be the best way to play it if you will like if you play if you like for those of you that play cards for those of you that play 13 you have essentially like a high two if that makes any sense you have a nice two and if you play it right you can absolutely you can absolutely win this round if you will uh but you have to play your cards right
1: Mm -hmm. oh yeah
0: Okay, uh, this was just funny to me. This was not really about Davion, but uh, Morgan Reagan said one of the tricks to just screw with people back in, was it uh, junior college when she was on the team? She pinched the other lady's back fat.
1: <laughs>
0: just to kind of, just to kind of mess with people. I thought that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know about nowadays, like, especially in the NBA. Will the rest even well, call? Well, well no,
0: well, you can't do it in the NBA. Like not to throw shade at anyone. Those dudes don't have back fat. These dudes have like 5% body fat at best. Mm. Like, and especially you're on the heat. They measure that shit. You better show up in shape. You don't show you have like, you have, you have back fat for them to pinch. You're not playing straight up. So like, I, I, this is not, I just thought it was funny uh i but yeah you're not doing this it might it might be a trick that i might do in pickup just to fuck with people but <laughs> i just thought i just thought it was really funny uh just that's a like that's that's a that's a really in the in the certain context that that's mind games that's some that's some evil shit if you will
1: yeah luckily we don't have to experience that but no i i i can't me of some experiences we had with pickup games but we're not gonna go over that we'll talk okay. about it off air
0: you had another just pickup thing that like i've i've played with some dudes who throw some elbows and throw some elbows at me uh yeah maybe, maybe maybe i should maybe i should get back at them by pinching their ass or again pinching some back then.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> okay so last thing i want to talk about the interview this was really interesting to me so So, when asked about the King's 16 year drought, about the 16, yeah, 16 years, it's gonna, Mm. it might go on to 17. Like, like the idea of like that weighing him down, what, and what, how does it feel to be essentially kind of the record setter, and like, to carry this burden on him. And Daviau responded by saying he's used to droughts. His high school, I did not write down the name, uh, sorry. But like his high school apparently did not make the state, like had not made the state championship in like forever, and then like you know he was he attended it and got them to a state championship. Baylor had been kind of struggling for a while. Like, what do you remember if Gordon Hayward was Baylor?
1: Uh, I gotta have to search that up. I, I don't
0: he was either like... he was either BYU or Baylor. I, yeah, search that up for me. I'll talk. But like, is so baylor apparently had been struggling through another kind of a tournament drought of their own and like you know him you know he goes to baylor he transfers transfers from auburn and like he's able to like slowly bring them back to prominence and like you know he's the fact that he said he's used to this kind of stuff and that he's very excited to be able to be part of the solution that you know brings the kings back to the back to being a playoff team like again just he's again i was not a fan of the pick at the time but like personality wise demeanor wise like he's a perfect fit for sacramento
1: yeah i mean he's definitely a competitor and (laughs) i mean after his win in uh was it the summer week i mean he he expected a lot (laughs) coming into coming to the season and we expected a lot too but it's just uh you know nba works differently and you know we just gotta get those pieces aligned uh but uh, going back to the corn hayward it's he went to butler butler jesus somebody somebody be and then
0: learn okay so it's not baylor but yes apparently they have been good been through a drought and i don't know that actually for some reason i thought they wore a prominency i might have been thinking of butler that might be why
1: mm, i see
0: yeah so Okay, that, so that's all we have for the interview. We'll quickly talk about the Trust Your Work um, documentary. So, I, I again, I'll just go through some notes that I have. Davion without the brace looks kind of weird. Him with yeah. the fro.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he, he usually wears, um, whatchamacallit, uh, braids. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he could rock it if he had that, like, I guess, De'Aaron look <laughs> back uh, when uh, he came to Sacramento.
0: He's going to need to trim that thing a little bit. That thing looked kind of messy. And like, I've only seen it once. Like, I remember there was a, uh, what's it called? Like, it was right before the season. There was like a, it was like a practice. And like, he didn't, he had that hair. And that was like the only time I remember like seeing him with just basically a fro. So I thought that was interesting. I, I, I was so surprised it was him. Cause like, I was just looking at him. I was like, that, that is his face, but that's not his hair. And it just looked weird to me
1: yeah actually die was like one of his friends or you know they his agent but no it's it's him <laughs> yeah definitely it was him it was also weird to see him talking a lot of trash
0: if you will just like constantly talking because like you know for the most part in the media he's very quiet mm-hmm. like sean cunningham even mentioned it like you know in what is a eerie interview now but like he, he interviewed uh, tyrese and davion right before tyrese got traded and like apparently like you know Davion was like really talkative during that interview and apparently Sean had said like that was like the first time he really heard Davion really talk if you will because before that he would just he would be you know on a press conference and he would just basically give very simple answers very vanilla answers you, you didn't get to see much of his personality but yeah so watching this documentary you see a little bit of kind of I guess the more fun side of Davion if you will the more competitive side
1: yeah and you know that's what he's trying to aim for with this documentary where he kind of shows the outside of work um what you going to call a part of him because i mean for all we know we we knew him more of a gym rap, but he went to show his uh, you know that he does this or that he goes out to eat he you know hangs out with his friends keeps his uh, friends close and uh I mean, his, him seeing that, yeah, I was kind of shocked that he taught more than 10 words in a sentence.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just a, just kind of a, a little bit of a change. Like, I always expect him to have a sort of personality, but like, again, you, you just don't, you just, ne- we just never saw him, really. Like, and like, he doesn't show much emotion on the court. He doesn't really show much, again, in the press conference. So, like, we have nothing to go off of, but again, it's kind of showing with a more human side of him. Mm hmm. Um, We mentioned this earlier, he studies a lot of film. He watches a lot of his workouts to kind of like, you know, get to like basically just analyze the film and like see what he's doing right, see what he's doing wrong and you know, like, it's, it's encouraging to, to watch that. A guy that, you know, studies the game, studies like his own game so well. Like, that's that's kind of how he becomes so aware of his flaws and what he needs to work on. And like, the sky's, I don't want to say the sky's the limit for him, but like, he's gonna be like a, a terrific player in the years to come.
1: Oh yeah, it's crazy how much film he watches. He, I mean, <sighs> after workouts, he's watching film uh, at night. like. I remember it was like they were saying that it was like two in the morning he's watching film and then literally the next morning he's already up watching film like i never the, did
0: that for my classes at, in college like I'm, I'm going to sleep
1: yeah but you know it's something that he enjoys and this is his you know whole career and he loves this career he, he's all about basketball uh, i mean i don't know about you know for our careers when it came to you know college in that way but this i mean he loves this uh, sport so much that he would watch his own workouts to you know improve on himself
0: I mean like I
1: mean even like where he was watching film that looks like you know
0: a dorm room if you will like a Mm -hmm. little ass table like a little a little table just like watching film it looks like he was straight up studying for like an exam like that's what it looked like Mm -hmm. like he 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 is about that life now I was never about that life so I can't really relate (laughs) but you know it's incredible to see the dedication he has to his craft and, you know, as part of it, like he never parties. He never really lived a college life. It's just something that, you know, as he said, he didn't really interest him. So like, he just, he's all about, he's all about basketball and I love that about that. I love that about him.
1: Yeah. And like you said, perfect city for it, for it too. Just all about basketball, not much parties going around, around in Sacramento.
0: Okay. So another kind of interesting tidbit, like, apparently like he had a really disappointing season at auburn i'll be honest did not really research that part like only really researched his like last season at, at baylor before he came came to the nba like apparently he had a very disappointing season at auburn and apparently no one re- he decided to transfer afterwards because i i think i've read somewhere like that he it was part of it. Part of it was like no one would open the gym for him like really early in the morning. And apparently Baylor was one of the places that actually opened the gym early. So that's why one of the reasons why I picked Auburn. But according to him, like no other college really wanted him. And Baylor just decided to swoop in. They had a need for him and like they were going to let him play his game. And he, ultimately he decided to go to Baylor. And you know, the rest is history.
1: Well, yeah. And he also mentioned that he had an interview with. I believe St. John's University, right?
0: Correct. Yeah, that was one of the names. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and he had an interview, but they were like, like you said, swooped in. And before he could even interview or, you know, uh, go to interview for St. John's, he interviewed uh, Baylor first and he just accepted it right there, too.
0: I mean, again, I guess like everything, like they managed to kind of just fill his needs. And yeah, they, they did a great pitch. It basically was a free agency pitch, if you will. Mm-hmm. Let's hope let's hope he doesn't get in trouble with some of the you know NCAA rules in the future. But like you know, it's a great story of a guy that you know had a chip on his shoulders, just worked his way up, and here he is in the NBA. Oh yeah. Uh, la- last few notes. Uh, apparently Davion has been training like constantly working out and apparently training at Baylor a lot ever since the season ended. It it actually, they actually showed him like watching the NBA playoffs and of course, watching film along the way as well. Like he's been working out like every single day. It almost seems like.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm surprised Baylor uh, allowed him back in just to work out in their facilities. And, you know, looking at uh, the documentary, I mean, they, they provide a lot for him in terms of, you know, food, uh, you know, the training facility itself. And I mean, he he loves it there. He mentions that, uh, whatchamacallit, he wanted something similar, like a place to live in similar after, you know, retiring, something to the like, kind of a place in, what, what was it, Waco, Texas? That's where Baylor was?
0: Yeah, like it's, it's yeah, I, th- I, remember, I think that's the place. I, I didn't know it was in Texas. I thought it was um, more the South or something, but, like I'm look so I just looked up just like the Baylor players there, there aren't a lot so like you have Jared Butler on the jazz you have Davion of course, you have Royce O'Neill on the jazz interesting Torian mm. Prince and Ishmael Wainwright I'm not too sure who that is but like Davion, like he wasn't a one and done, so like he he actually spent three years at Baylor and you know won them a national championship, so he kind of is a hero around there. He's a very famous athlete. Not a big basketball program, I don't believe, I, as I just read through. Not a like, not not a. It, it's not Kentucky. It's not Duke. So like they they don't have a lot of like NBA players and like honorary players, and so like you know it makes sense that like they're treating Davion well like he's one of their biggest success stories from that college. Mhm. So yeah. th- that's why I would say like they let him use use the facility.
1: Yeah. He probably has a lifetime uh, what to call it membership for that facility too.
0: And, and again, uh, one of the reasons that I read was that he want he went to Baylor because of their gym policy. They open really early. So
1: yeah (laughs) and close really like like he's he's there like from day to night
0: (laughs) i mean looks like a pretty nice campus like he was running like you know sprints uphill like at night so like it seems like a pretty like nice area too so Mm -hmm. uh he basically does two workouts a day one at like i believe 9 a.m and then another one at 7 p.m that doesn't leave till like 10 so yeah again gym rat just all about basketball oh yeah and last note i have is that him and his crew have been together since they were young and you know they take care of each other like you know in the documentary i I don't have their names with me but like they're like three of them are like his childhood friends and then a trainer like he runs a pretty tight tight tight-knit group it seems like it you know it's good to see that he takes care of his people too
1: yeah it's nice to see uh because you know usually when i think about nba players they would or, you know, usual NBA players, it feels like they would have a, I don't know how to call them. I guess a very niche group or a very common personality type group. But with this kind of group, like they really support him. They are there for him every single day. They play with him and help him train too. So that's another plus. And yeah, it's it's really nice to see that he's, uh, you know, just enjoying life in terms of... uh, I guess playing basketball pretty much every every single day
0: i mean it must be so nice to have a crew like that god forbid uh-huh. i don't god forbid i don't have one like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't i can't get you to wake up at 12 so and i go and i go at seven so
1: yeah just what
0: yeah. i wish i had a crew like that
1: mm. <laughs> uh yeah i also forgot to mention back in the deuce and mo uh it podcast that he's already at the sacramento king's uh gym at that point so right after you know his trust your work uh documentary where he was training in waco he's already back in sacramento uh working out at the gym and on the day that they recorded was memorial day and he's still at the gym so he's not celebrating you know memorial day uh you know traditionally like Uh, most americans do but he's already at the gym just doing what you want to call well maybe he is maybe he is
0: celebrating he's celebrating the you know the so the memories of the soldiers by working out in their honor like Mm -hmm. you know real like real basketball players do because that's just how davion is built
1: yeah i kind of want to know like who else is uh in the gym with him uh
0: Yes. I've heard that like Doug is going around training with people. Apparently, like I, I think it was Davion James Ham mentioned like he was Doug was working with Davion in Napa.
1: Oh, really? Napa, of all places, huh?
0: Yeah, you know, after a workout, get some, get a few drinks in, like, and then for somehow work out like later in the day. I don't know how that's gonna work. I think he's working with Sabonis too. Sabonis so is, I think, in the area.
1: Hmm. Or okay. he's in
0: LA because like his wife is from LA, so or mm. so, Southern California. I'm not sure specifically LA, but somewhere in SoCal.
1: Mm. So that's pretty interesting. They're
0: around. The only one I haven't heard much mention is De'Aaron, but like De'Aaron keeps his life private, so like it's hard to, it's hard to really know like where he is. But guys are around, and like summer league is gonna come up soon, like after the finals. So like guys are kind of ramping up. Like they'll probably be at summer league together.
1: Yeah, let's see if we win another Summer League championship.
0: <laughs> All right. Is it going to be with Jade and Ivy? Or is it going to be with Shade and Sharp? It's going to be with Chet Holmgren. Paola, and Jabari is the only guy that I do not ever see fall into the Kings, unfortunately.
1: But, like, you know, one can hope. Yeah. We'll never know until, you know, the draft comes around.
0: Okay, all right, so let's move on to our, I guess, second topic, uh, since we talked mostly about Davion. It's the Warriors versus the Celtics. Um, Yeah, so we both predicted the Warriors to win. I said five games, you said six games. Uh, The Warriors ended up getting absolutely destroyed in the fourth quarter by the Celtics because the Celtics forgot how to miss. I, I, I don't have the stat in front of me. Let me just pull it up real quick. Should I have had this up. Why didn't I have this up? Why did you remind me to have this up? Yeah, I don't
1: this know. It's your fault. <laughs> I so don't know, me,
0: but. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They made nine. No, they made they made eight threes in the fourth. There, there was one that was a two, ended up being a two uh, foot on the line. But yes, they, they forgot how to miss in the fourth and the Warriors couldn't buy a bucket. And so, yeah, now the series is 0, 0 for 1 uh, with the um, Celtics leading 1-0. Does that change your prediction at all? Do you Are you going to change your prediction to the Celtics winning this
1: series? No, I still think Warriors in six.
0: <laughs> so ultimately, I guess, now, I guess I should ask you this question first, but should the Warriors be concerned at all, like with just how Game One went?
1: I mean, <laughs> I remember thinking that I would be concerned with um the Mavericks game uh, in some ways, but you know, with the Warriors mentality and all that, I I feel like they could just brush this off and say that you know it's just one game, just keep on playing how we're playing and. Uh, Move on from it because you know the Warriors has that finals experience, and I believe with that experience and with the players that they have now, they will win it in six. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the
0: same boat. Like there's there is no I, I don't want to say there's no scenario. I can actually see the Celtics doing this again. I don't see it happen I don't see it being likely that they shoot 51% from three again. 21 of 41 from from three, like Daring White hitting five, like Al Horford, Mister can like cannot physically miss from three. All of a sudden, six for eight from three, nine for twelve, like Jesus Christ. And then you have Peyton Pritchard like contributing, Marcus Smart four for seven, like I I don't believe that is sustainable. Mm-hmm. And like the Warriors, like their game plan during the Mavericks game or the Mavericks series was we're going to double-team Luka and we're going to make uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, we're going to make Reggie Bullock, we're going to make Massey Kleba beat us. And it worked. <laughs> they couldn't do shit. <laughs> they couldn't do shit uh, yeah. during that series because they couldn't hit enough threes, basically, uh, during that series to win it. But the Celtics might be a bit of a different animal because it's not just one guy that can hurt you. They have two elite shot creators, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Now, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown did, did not have good games. Jalen Brown had, had a decent game like by the end because he had like a he had like a crazy fourth quarter run. I think he could score like 10 or 12 points in the fourth. But like before that, he was like six of 19. Like he was not playing well at all. So like the Celtics game plan, I or the Warriors game plan, if it if it is just to make uh Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown work for it, that worked because they did not have great games. And, yeah, But they are leaving, like, these guys open, like, open for three.
1: Yeah, I remember in the first half, I thought, man, Jason Tatum's not getting any love from the refs. Or even, you know, uh, hitting any shots. And I thought that's, like, the deal breaker. But they they really had that supporting gas out there hitting those threes and hitting those key shots that um, the Warriors didn't really need to defend against. But, I mean sadly they were hitting them shots like fire so yeah i really thought the warriors would have came back in the second half but
0: well the thing is they they led for much of the game and it wasn't up until that barrage like the celtics really couldn't get going they however i will say they kept it close like this is a these are some tough sons of bitches that, that are on the celtics like they just came through they just came through you know sweeping the kevin durant nets they managed to outlast the physicality of Giannis, and they managed to outlast the physicality of jimmy butler like this is a this is like a team that's been through the ringer. now of course like yeah those are some grueling series that they came through do they just break apart now like it like it's at some point something's got to give but like these are they've been through shit and this ain't nothing new to them like you can see look at it that way but like if i were if i were just a betting man i would think that the warriors come back strong next game because like for the most part they had a really good game for the most Mm. part like nothing truly out of the ordinary like steph went crazy in the first in the first quarter but really couldn't get it going for the rest of the game and like draymond had one of his worst shooting games missed so many layups like and then you know, Clay Jordan Poole had a really bad game, only two of seven and one for five from three. Like, and the and also like I I would say like if they could somehow cut down on the turnovers, like that'd be great. Fourteen turnovers, and but if they could just cut that down to like say eight, like they're in a good they're in good shape. But you know, they're they're a turnover prone team. On the Celtics side, I will say Jason Tatum. I don't think we'll have a three for seventeen game again. Like, mm-hmm. he had some wide-ass open looks. Like I, I remember, kept, I remember I kept saying like this motherfucker could not miss from three, like in the playoffs. Like no matter what, he was missing open looks, and he probably plays a little bit better. But I don't see Al Horford going six for eight from three. I don't. I am. I see Marcus Smart going two for ten at some point or one for ten from three. Yeah. J- Jalen Brown is going to do what Jalen Brown does. That he's proven that. But it's the role players that I field won't be coming through especially on three as much next game Derek White I don't think it's going five for eight again <laughs> I, I just remember looking at him he had one crazy ridiculous three on, like right over Steph like right when the game I think was a three-point game and it pushed it to six and that was the dagger basically and so I think I think things will balance out now do I think they'll win in five I still think there's a possibility I think they will I wouldn't put money on it. Like, if the Warriors lose the next game.
1: uh... Mm. It'll be a little more tough, but odds are, I still think the Warriors can, uh, you know, get, I mean, take themselves out of this hole and, you know, I mean, it's only the first game, really. It's only the first game
0: that is very true like this never like never overreact to a first game like remember uh iverson iverson 2001 right they didn't mm. win a they didn't win a game after that yeah. it, it was just so I, not not to say like the celtics are any like they're they're way better than that iverson team um but like it's never you don't want to overreact but like there is a universe where I do see like the the Warriors dropping the next game and that and that might be where like the cracks start to show but I'll say this like maybe one of the greatest scenarios we always talk about the Warriors blowing that 3-1 lead and like I, I was hoping for 2019 to be where you know the, the narrative of the 3-1 coming full circle where they went down 3-1 and had clay thompson not gotten hurt had KD not gotten hurt they might have come back just saying <laughs> yeah. so maybe the maybe the warriors go down three one maybe it's time for it to you know come full circle possibly for them to win it in game seven that would be kind of my dream scenario
1: yeah and another dream scenario is uh steph curry finally winning finals mvp
0: he should have won in 2015. Like, I almost don't count that one, honestly. I like, I just, I just almost like, just almost blocked it out of my mind and just say, oh no, he, no, he won in 2013, <laughs>
1: totally. Or tw- no, 2013, 2015. 20, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someday I, I still feel like he, he still has years in them to, you know, win that. And you know, with this Warriors team, they're definitely gonna come back multiple more times before he retires yeah
0: and i really but i will say like just for i guess to be to be objective and to be you know quite frank the warriors should not win the series because they should have they should have traded Kaminga for harrison barnes they should have because they need <laughs> they needed vets like it in the nba you are not supposed to be able to play young guys granted they didn't play the young guys this game they only played pool you're not supposed to be able to play young guys and be able to win. They're doing both. And maybe at some point, maybe it's now, it's finally coming, going to come back to bite them. Again, Had you know, if you wanted to win a championship, like, you might have, like, you know, kicked the tires on a Bradley Beal trade. You might have kicked the tires, again, on a Harrison Barnes trade instead of rolling with a bunch of young guys and a young guy that's not playing for you. So, like, you know, by the will of the basketball gods, maybe this is just how it's gonna be. You have a bunch of young guys as opposed to a bunch of established veterans. Like, that's how you were supposed to be able to win championships. You needed vets in their primes. Like again, a Harrison Barnes who is 29, I think turning 30 soon, or I think he just turned 30. I don't remember, but the, the, my point is, you're not, supposed, you're not supposed to be able to young with young guys on your roster who are playing rotational minutes. And maybe this is where it starts to haunt the
1: Warriors. Hey, who knows? They're gonna—they could be the first team to break that barrier, <laughs> to you know, both develop and win at the same time.
0: But as 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 we have said, like this, we still believe in the Warriors, and we believe they will come back strong next game. And then you know, it might be a series. Oh, it's yeah. already a series now since you know Celtics won. But again, I don't think they'll be this hot from three again. They might. They they have done this before in the playoffs so they just might but i feel like the the warriors now know what to expect they have the finals experience as you said and they are going to come back strong
1: oh yeah and we shall see on sunday at 5 p.m pacific i hope i don't miss that game i might have something going on i'll I'll have to see Mm. yeah i mean i kind of missed this game like i only watched parts of the first half and uh, well that fourth quarter, so <laughs> you call yourself a Warriors fan. Well, this is in a Warriors podcast. <laughs> yeah, Mr.
0: Pool Party. Um, uh, Mr. Go go to go to Warriors game. Afford to be able to go to Warriors
1: games. <laughs> I only went to one. <laughs> That's a lot of money.
0: This, I, this is... <laughs> I couldn't go to
1: one. I you think I don't want to go? This was Roracle, too, against Denver. And that was the game where uh they played against um Denver, uh, Denver lost, and we, uh, and we, the Sacramento Kings, hit the eighth seed.
0: <laughs> Look, I, 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 have kind of resigned to the fact I will never, pro- I'll probably never see Steph live. I'll never be able to see LeBron live. You invited me to actually see LeBron once, and I had to cancel, and that was probably my only chance to ever see LeBron. I'm not going to a fucking Lakers game. Expensive ass tickets for like nosebleed seats.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe someday in the future.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, uh that's all I have on my notes. Oh, no, I do have one more thing. Uh Luke Walton has been hired as an assistant coach for the Cavs under JB Bickerstaff. Uh, you know, happy for Luke. Like, you know, a, a lot of Kings fans shitted on this and you know, just say like it was an L. Look, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be out here saying like Luke was a great coach. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. You, you could argue he wasn't even a good one. I would argue against him being a bad coach. I think he was dealt a weird hand, and he did the best he could, and it was just a raw deal, and yeah, I think he deserves a second chance.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure someday he'll, you know, find a place in the NBA as a head coach somewhere. Uh, I mean, going for the Cavs, get that experience up, I guess. Uh, I mean, he's been already head coaches, like, what, what? I guess you could technically say with three separate teams? Um. Well,
0: two, the Lakers. Two, yeah. Lakers okay. and the Kings. I don't think there was another one. I mean, if, well, if, he was like, he was kind of head coach for the Warriors, kind of. Yeah,
1: that's I, that's why I said maybe three.
0: I think he went 24 and one, if I remember right.
1: Something <laughs> well, like that. That was a crazy Warriors team, so.
0: <laughs> oh, oh you, you sure it wasn't Luke who did that? <laughs> you sure it wasn't Steph? And, you know, the, the best of the Warriors?
1: Yeah. <laughs> who knows?
0: But, yeah, again, I don't told, I told think he's a bad coach, and I think he deserves a second chance. But like King's Twitter is just, I don't know what it is with them. There, There's a, that, like, I've never seen it like that uniform of hatred for someone who really, let's be honest, never really had a chance here ever.
1: No. Yeah. But who knows? We should just look towards the future and, uh, not think about the past now
0: i'm actually surprised he didn't just join the warriors because they're gonna lose mike brown there's a very good chance they might lose kenny atkinson because apparently he's a head runner or like one of the one of the yeah one of the front runners for the uh charlotte job right now so you know, that, that was interesting
1: yeah that's true i wonder well you, i mean you
0: know what would be really funny. What's that? If Mark Jack- or if Mark Jackson joins as an assistant coach for the Warriors.
1: Oh. That would be pretty funny. There is a world that that could happen. <laughs> there is that kind of world. Look,
0: Steph, Draymond, and Andre, they love they love Mark Jackson.
1: Yeah, politics aside, <laughs> players do love him. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, for, for some reason, he would give up the commentating job for uh, – you know the warriors position as an assistant but i don't know i feel like uh, the warriors are good enough to you know find their own assistance one way or another through you know their many connections
0: well you know dude you might want to like take a kick the tires on quinn snyder Quinn mm. snyder might be out might be out of utah soon he ain't <laughs> you don't want to deal with rudy gobert and got him
1: mitchell again mm. I, I would be, hmm. You think he would uh, take the assistant job, though? I, I would expect him to take a head coaching job elsewhere.
0: Look, I look. I learned this from Sean Ross Sapp of, like, wrestling. You never know a person's intentions. Hmm. You, you just don't. Like, Quinn's been through a lot in the past few years. Maybe yeah. he just like, I need a break, but I still want to be around basketball. Hell, nice. Maybe Maybe he just wants a break. Maybe he just will just take the year off. Maybe oh. he saw the Kings opening. He's like, nah. <laughs> he saw the Lakers. I'm <laughs> like, nah. I don't, no, I don't want to deal with that shit. gonna yeah. just got to chill for, for, for a year and then come back.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I see. Yeah, he's been with Utah for, uh, geez. It's, it's been years. <laughs> it's been many years. It's
0: a lot of Rudy Gobert and a lot of uh, Donovan Mitchell.
1: So, you know. yeah. I, I want to say he was there since Rudy came out. I want to say that but i can't
0: i'm pretty sure yeah i'm pretty sure he was there for the starter rudy i think
1: (laughs) yeah i mean he's he's level for a while
0: yeah okay now that that's enough talk for now do you have anything else you want to talk about
1: not that i know of
0: well if that's the case uh let's call this uh an episode uh sorry if you guys were looking for draft analysis i just didn't feel like doing draft analysis um we might come back with one next episode but Um, We don't actually have a plan for next episode yet. So we'll see Uh, as it stands right now. Thank you guys for listening to this uh, episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it and uh, we'll catch you guys back on the next one.
1: Yeah. And we'll see you guys later.